Hi, this is Jalen for Dobbs, where tire buying is easy. At GoToDobbs.com, shop brands, sizes, pricing, and our amazing deals. With 40-plus locations, get same-day install. For tires, it's Dobbs. For deals you can use, click on GoToDobbs.com now. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. This is a character and Smallman podcast on 101 ESPN. Cardinal right-hander and friend of the station, friend of the world, Adam Wainwright, is doing amazing things. Ken Rosenthal has an interview with Waino up right now at The Athletic talking about uh, Adam and the $250,000 donation that he and his wife Jenny made to minor league players. Minor league players are woefully underpaid, and they've filed a lawsuit to try to get more because they really do make less than minimum wage. And even though Major League Baseball hired a lobbying firm to get a law passed so that they didn't have to pay minor leaguers, which is reprehensible in my mind, mm-hmm. uh, Major League Baseball has taken it upon themselves to try to take care of minor leaguers throughout this process. And they are, some teams are paying minor league players more. But Adam and his wife, Jenny, donated $250,000 to Cardinal minor leaguers through the More Than Baseball, a nonprofit that helps minor leaguers in need. It really is amazing what a gem we have in Adam Wainwright. You know, we talked to John O'Leary earlier in the show, and he spoke about his relationship with Jack Buck and how Jack Buck's legacy isn't necessarily being a Hall of Famer, but it's doing all these little things that impact the lives of others. And while this certainly isn't a little thing because it's a large sum of money, I feel like Adam Wainwright is a servant in that way too and has carried that legacy on great people in the Cardinals organization serving others the way that that Jack did as well. And the fact that he not only would be willing to donate this money, but that during this time he's thinking of others and thinking of other people in the baseball community that are suffering more than he is says a lot about the character he has and the person that he is. And he's teamed up with Garth Brooks and they're doing fantastic charitable work. And towards the end of the story, Ken Rosenthal asks Adam Wainwright about the future. Here we are in 2020 and We've thought a couple of years ago that this might be it for Adam Wainwright. And last year he had a great year. But in uh, asking him, Adam said, I talked to my wife the other day and I said, Jenny, I just don't know if I'm ready to stop playing. And she said, I guess not, especially since you haven't been able to play this year. You're going to have to play next year, right? He said, so to answer your question plainly, I'm not done yet. I've got more in the tank. That can change on any day, but I'm having way too much fun doing what I'm doing. My wife loves St. Louis. My family loves St. Louis. As long as the Cardinals will have me, I'd love to play again next year. Do you think he's back next season? I do if he pitches well. I just... Good caveat. He's, he said a lot could change, but if he pitches like he did last year, he's such a great leader and he delivered innings last year. Why not? Yeah, I agree. I wonder, you know, Adam Wainwright, Yadier Molina, they're two of the most competitive guys you've ever met in your lifetime. They live, eat, breathe baseball and competition. And I just wonder as we continue down this road, if both of them or one of them is going to say, I'm done, or if that decision is going to be made for them. I hope. I really hope that both end their career with the Cardinals, and I think it would be ideal to have them end at the same time. I agree. I, I think that that would be the best for everybody, for their fans. And, hey, those guys, hopefully 
they I think Adam understands when it'll be time to quit. And I think Yachty does too. Yachty might have a little more thought process that he can play at a high level. I think Adam has a great understanding. I think Yachty just has a good understanding. And Yachty's still playing, relatively speaking, when you look at other catchers in baseball, he's still playing at a pretty good level. Yeah, absolutely. And we saw what Wainwright gave the Cardinals last season. I just... I can't imagine what it would be like to be them and to be able to do something at a dominant and elite level for your entire career and to know that while you still have some left in the tank and you could be effective in a lot of ways, that it's a business decision for the for the team at hand because it's not just, okay, hey, we can keep them on the roster and we can pay them a smaller amount of money and they'll give us whatever we have. It's, okay, but what about the development of other players? What about the, you know, the salaries of these guys that we're going to have to pay? So I can't imagine what it would be like for them to feel like you have some left, but know that that decision might be a business decision that's taken out of your hands. It's part of the jigsaw puzzle that John Mosaic has to deal with on a daily basis. Right. Hey, we want you to know that we've redesigned the Dunctionary t-shirt and we're bringing them back for a limited time to Support the Chris Duncan Memorial Scholarship Fund. Now through May 22nd, you can order a limited edition Dunctionary t-shirt courtesy of our friends at MPG Tandem. Proceeds from all sales will be donated to that scholarship fund at the conclusion of the sale. You can order yours now at 101ESPN.com. And one of the words in Dunctionary is freshies. And it's uh, <laughs> it's got the pronunciation, an ice-cold beverage, sea man soda. So freshies was one of the great phrases that Chris Duncan brought to our world. Not one of the more prominent phrases, like apotaco, no. man sodas. Tight cheeks. Tight cheeks. But great nonetheless. It is. You know, it's a Friday, too. Pop open some freshies. Yeah, this is the day. This is the day to do it. We asked earlier, because the well, NCAA and the... Uh, University of Kansas, Kansas University, KU, right? They're at odds. I shouldn't say University of Kansas because you Kansas people will hate me for that. So it's KU. So, UK is. But then maybe you Kentucky. should say it, right? <laughs> no, I don't want to be, want to be hated. <laughs> but uh, the NCAA and Kansas are at real odds. As a matter of fact, the NCAA thinks that KU is trying to ruin them, saying that their actions are egregious that their actions significantly undermine and threaten the NCAA collegiate model. So we're asking you, who are you rooting for as somebody who's probably a Mizzou fan? Who are you rooting for, the NCAA or KU? I'm someone that's not a Kansas hater. And I don't know how you could ever want the NCAA to win. While I, while I look at the Kansas situation and I would love to see them get a major, major slap on the wrist because it, from everything that you can read in these documents, it seems like they've been cheating for a long time and that disrupts the equality and co- collegiate basketball. And I would love to see these programs that have gotten away with it for a long time finally have some consequences and have to pay for what they've done. However, I don't want the NCAA to win. <laughs> Me either. And I don't even hate Kansas and I don't want the NCAA to win. When I look back at the way they handled or didn't handle the North Carolina situation, that irks me so badly to this day that they could feel like that's okay. When I look at the Mizzou situation and you have a program and a university that did everything that was asked of them Mm -hmm. and followed what you would consider to be the perfect route of compliance and the way the NCAA still hammered them so that they could put that in their back pocket and tout the fact that they're not going to let programs get away with things like this, even though they have a long 
laundry list of history saying that they've let teams and programs get away with this. I don't want them to win either. So I can't choose. So I don't know what how a Mizzou fan could approach this in one way or the other. Let's get a mic drop from Matthew on this subject. All right. Lifelong Clemson fan here. Moved to St. Louis. My wife went to Mizzou, became an even bigger fan when Kelly Bryant got there, and then promptly became adamant about how ridiculous the NCAA is that they would actually punish Mizzou the way they did after self-reporting. So not a Kansas hater, but fully 100% against the NCAA for how they handle everything. All right, so there's one that uh, is rooting for KU in this. because There can't be a tie. Somebody's going to win. Either the NCAA is going to win or KU is going to win. Randy, was this the way that you felt when the Rams and Patriots played in the Super Bowl? I didn't even pay attention. I, I, I drove <laughs> Katie back to Bradley that night. I didn't watch that game. There was, yeah, it is. It's the the quintessential no win situation. Yes, it really is. I don't even know if we've talked about that. How did you feel knowing that the Patriots won? Were you? Did I was you have, fine with it did, because I'm hardened to it. Did you even have some sort of satisfaction though that they won over the Rams? It wasn't. I guess it had to be like a, a little teeny bit of satisfaction. I was really glad it was a bad game. Yeah. But uh, the, the the absolute worst, and I think you and I are on the same page here, the absolute worst would have been Kroenke holding the trophy. Oh, I couldn't. And mm-hmm. what's the difference if the Patriots have five or six Super Bowl wins, right? Yeah. It doesn't make any difference. Yeah, you're right. We've already dealt with that yeah. emotionally. Yeah. Good point. Here's Joshua with a mic drop to 101 ESPN. I'm really not a fan of either camp, and uh, for me, it's it's a matter of principle. I can't respect an institution that doesn't act equitably, nor can I respect a team that doesn't take responsibility for their actions. So I agree with the, the texter from earlier, you know? What did the five fingers say to the face? Yeah, looking right back at you. So I'm with you there. So I would say KU is the uh, – the NCAA never treats – the members equitably. No. As you mentioned, if you're an earner, you have a distinct advantage. And I always go back to that story that uh, we have about Quinn Snyder when he was the head coach at Mizzou and they were flying players' parents in on private jets and not paying for it. And Quinn Snyder said, well, we always did that at Duke, but you never heard a word about that comment that Duke was doing the exact same thing. Mizzou gets hit with a sanction mm-hmm. and they didn't even investigate Duke. Of course not. I, I wonder which schools, because there are some schools that are earners but might not fall into the untouchable category. I, I'm sure that there is a category of untouchables or if information was revealed about a Duke or a Coach K well, that they would be like, oh, we'll figure it out. Here's the thing. Uh, because North Carolina yeah. seemed to get that treatment. Matthew, I don't think the NCAA, as great as Clemson's football program has been in the last decade, are, are they considered a blue blood by the NCAA or would they hit them again? They've hit Clemson before. Mm-hmm. I think they. I think it's inequitable. I, I do believe that if Clemson and Alabama both did the exact same things, mm-hmm. that Clemson would get hit and Alabama wouldn't. I agree. I also think college basketball is different than college football, because especially now with the playoff. Mm-hmm. College football is going to draw no matter what. People are right. invested in college football in one way or the other. And with the playoff now, it seems to be something that 
every sports fan in America is invested in. Whereas college basketball, we've seen interest in college basketball dwindle over the past mm-hmm. decade plus. And those blue bloods and those teams that draw are that much more valuable to the NCAA. And there's really only one that moves the needle that will never get touched. Duke. Right. They're the only one because people watch them to love them or watch them to hate them. And they're, they're the only school that has that. Must be nice. That's our fresh take on 101 <laughs> ESPN. Coming up, we are going to visit with our buddy blues analyst, Joey Vitale. He's next with Carriker and Smallman on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Carriker and Smallman podcast on 101 ESPN. <laughs> Character and Smallman on 101 ESPN and Play Gloria. The Blues run to the cup continues tonight with the third round and game two. Robert Bortuzzo puts the Blues ahead in the second period and they tie the series with a 4-2 win. Pre-game at six, play-by-play at seven with Curbs and Joey. Play Gloria, the St. Louis Blues run to the cup brought to you by Mitsubishi Electric, cooling and heating. And the aforementioned Joey Vitale is with us now on the Brown and Crouppen Celebrity Line with Character and Smallman. Joey Joey V, how you doing? Uh, Randy, Michelle, doing well. You know, I had a quick question. Really quick, uh, first of all, you guys are doing great on your first week of the show. But who who establishes character Smallman? Why isn't it Smallman character? I always always wondered that how how the names get in order. Is it based off of who's more important, or is just how it sounds? <laughs> Alphabetical. Alphabetical, you know what I mean? Uh, Joey, it's like, definitely who's more important. <laughs> okay. <laughs> definitely who's more important goes first. That's how it seems, but I just wanted to. Did, did you guys have a discussion about, you know, hey, this sounds better, maybe this sounds better, or is it just, did it just start that way? Did, did Randy just take over like a bully? No, but should I be offended that you just said that? <laughs> Maybe a little bit. <laughs> I'm kidding. Here's totally the thing. Kidding. So management brings us in and said, here's what we're thinking. And so I just say, okay. Yeah. Basically, <laughs> we just listen to whatever our bosses tell us to do. Good call. Good call. Well, you guys you guys have been sounding great. Lo- love hearing you guys in the morning. Uh, I'm sure it's been probably for both of you guys a little bit more of an adjustment. You're probably going to have to get up a lot earlier these days, I, I would think. Yeah. I was going to ask you, did you ever have a job as a kid? And obviously, you spent a lot of time playing hockey where you had to get up for morning skates or practices but did you ever have a job as a kid where you had to get up in the morning you know randy to be honest with you i i really only had hockey was my escape from the tough job so my, my dad runs a concrete company here in st louis dj concrete and it was just kind of established and known in our house when i turned about 10 years old he had us working in, in the yard cleaning lumber and scraping forms and the hot july sun and we had to be at work by 5 6 a.m so that's just something I kind of got used to at a very young age. And then even when I became a laborer and a finisher, every summer, you know, I pretty much just worked. And a lot of kids did, you know, camps and uh, swimming pools and fun stuff. And we just worked. And as I continued to progress, become a laborer and finisher and eventually run work when I'm in my teens, you know, we had to show up at the office at 435, get organized, get the men organized, and then get to the job site. So in, in the Vitali household, when, when you have Italian parents like I did, sleeping in is 6 a.m. and then you get in trouble if you're sleeping in past six. Joy, do you think that helped you and your hockey career? Because if you were already used to getting up early and grinding it out and working, it seems like hockey practice was probably an escape for you, right? Michelle, it, it didn't It didn't just help me. It literally made me. And, and, I, and I mean that sincerely. Without that, I would never have played hockey. Because to your point, I was so exhausted from working and, and I, I wanted something different. In some ways, and I don't think my dad in, intentionally did this for this reason, but it kind of gave me and my brothers a glimpse into 
what life is like when you're in your 40s. You know what I mean? Like in your in your in your working manual labor, you know, 12, 13 hour days in the hot in the hot sun. And think of all those 40 year olds. And now me being 35, you can kind of look back and think, man, I would have done a lot of things different. We had a little insight to that at a very young age that you know we can do certain things, or or we could we could do this for the rest of our life. And and every summer I looked at my friends in August coming back from school. Hey, how was your summer? Oh, it was great. I went to Innsbruck. I went to Michigan. We went to parties. We did this. We're boating. And how'd you do, Joey? I was like, I just, I just worked. I just poured concrete. And I remember how miserable I was. And then finally, one day, I, just, I woke up. I was like 17. I'm like, hey, Dad, I'm not working this summer. He's like, well, what are you going to do? I was like, well, there's this camp up in Minnesota. It's all summer long, two days, weight training, plyometrics. And I, I found it just, my, a buddy of mine told me there was no internet back then, really. And I was like, yeah, I'm going to go up there and do it. And he goes, that's fine. That's fine. You got, you got plenty of money to do it now. If, if that's what you choose to do, do it. And you're right. It was a complete escape. I just wanted to avoid concrete. <laughs> so when everyone asked me, you know, oh, you know, talk about your, your, your journey to the NHL. I was like, listen, guys, I, I didn't have posters of Brett Hall in my room. I didn't have these high hopes and dreams. I just wanted to get the heck out of pouring concrete. <laughs> I mean, that, that, that really was the truth. I'm, I'm dead serious. And, and now I look at my kids, and for all parents out there who ask me, you know, what can my, what can my son do to, you know, make it to the NHL? I just tell them, have them get a summer job. <laughs> have them roof. Have them roof in St. Louis in the hot July sun, Ooh. and I guarantee you, you'll be fine. That's a great path. Um, so, Joey, yesterday was a special day in St. Louis sports history. You talk about your path to where you are now. Well, you know, where you are now is in the Blues broadcast booth, and yesterday was May 7th, with, which, as we know, May 7th, Game 7, Pat Maroon, the St. Louis and number 7, was the one who lit the lamp and, and double overtime sends the Blues to the next round. And Randy and I were talking about how amazing that night was when you think about the fact that you had a local kid in Pat Maroon scoring the game-winning goal on a local kid, Ben Bishop, who had an unbelievable night in goal for the Dallas Stars, and then a St. Louis kid in the booth and Joey Vitale calling it. So can you just take us back to that night and just your memories of that night and what it meant for you to be a part of such a great St. Louis sports moment? You know, Michelle, it was a great moment. Uh, Selfishly, uh, the first thing I will say about it is when I saw that goal, what I felt was, probably my athletic instincts. I wanted to be Pat Maroon. Like as much as, as much as I love the call, I was kind of pissed. Like, God, why couldn't that be me? I, I wanted that. I wanted that moment. You know what I mean? I think all hockey players probably want that moment. Uh, but you know, it's funny. I, I zoomed with Pat Maroon, Cam Jansen, Andy Strickland last night. We were all kind of talking. We did something for some podcast. And so we're all face to face and having this conversation about this goal. And we got really in depth with it. And it was really cool. I'm excited for whenever it does come out. But, you know, talking, reminiscing, and, and you're absolutely right. I mean, you kind of broke it down perfectly. Uh, it's so rare, I think, for a kid from St. Louis to make it to the National Hockey League. That's number one. And then it's even rarer to do what Pat and Cam Jansen have done as far as playing for the St. Louis Blues. So that's rare. But then how about a playoff game in St. Louis and then another goalie who's from St. Louis and then a double overtime game seven, and then they win the Stanley Cup. I mean – I can go on a limb and say nothing like this will ever happen again, at least in my lifetime, I think in our lifetime, guys. I mean, that is just how rare this was. And I think that uh, the, the debate continues, but I still believe that this will be the greatest Blues goal that I will ever see in my lifetime, given the fact they won the Stanley Cup. Now, if they don't win the Stanley Cup, I don't know if it's going to be the best goal of all time, but I do believe that now. But, you know, it was just an amazing moment for Pat, for St. Louis. I've never heard that building like that. I'm trying to keep my excitement in during the call and try to give respect to curbs to make the right call because I just wanted to lose my mind because I'm up there. I'm an emotional fan. 
I love the Blues. If, if I was broadcasting for the Chicago Blackhawks and Nashville Predators, I wouldn't be as emotionally attached. But it was hard to keep it in. And then, you know, Curbs just nailed the call, and I followed up quickly. And it was just uh, – the, the goal sp- spoke for itself. I mean, we could have said anything, and it wouldn't have mattered because it was such just a pivotal, great moment in St. Louis Blues hockey history. Joey Vitale with us on Carriker and Smallman on 101 ESPN or Smallman or Carriker, whatever, whatever you want it to be. Uh, Joey V, there's a new baby in the household and Mother's Day is this weekend. I don't want you to give away any plans because your wife might be listening, but it is a fun day for a dad. No, it's absolutely a great day for a dad. Uh, she's not sleep- She's not listening. I know for a fact, Randy, with the newborn, so I, I can go out here and say it. Believe it or not, uh, do you guys know this? Tie-dye. Michelle, you're, you're, you're a fashionista. Tie-dye is apparently coming back in style. Did you hear about this? Oh, tie-dye no. is in, Joey. Is tie-dye it, is like the main quarantine activity. Tie-dye sweats in. I, yeah, exactly. So she's <laughs> like, you know, I, I'm, I'm thinking about getting a tie-dye shirt, so she kind of dropped those hints, so I kind of picked up on a little note of it. I'm really hoping it gets here in time, but it's a Mickey Mouse shirt that's a tie-dye we love disney world and i never thought i'd ever see my wife in an actual disney world shirt but she's kind of like been drawn to it so i'm i have this tie-dye mickey mouse shirt coming i'm really hoping it gets here on time uh but aside from that uh, we have uh, kids and i are planning a picnic we're going to go to forest park or some park where we can just kind of bring some food and just kind of hang out i think it looks like it's gonna be a pretty nice day you know, unfortunately, you know, it's a shame that the, some of the stores are going to be closed, but we're going to spend just some really good quality time together and, and enjoy each other, just like how we've been. And, and I'm, I'm hoping for a great day. And, and just to acknowledge all the moms out there, I mean, it's just, I think this is, whole thing has put in great perspective for a lot of people, what stay-at-home moms, working moms, you know, just women who have raised kids and done so much for so long, the laundry, the dishes, I mean, the homework, the homeschool, I mean, it's everything just it just opened up a lot of eyes. And I think that the appreciation for mothers right now is probably at an all time high as it should be. Well said, Joey, an A plus gift out of you. I'm very impressed, but I want to end this with kind of a random question. I was driving into work this morning and I'm listening to the Rizzuto show and they're talking about mother's day and they were saying how some fathers and kids like to surprise a mom with a breakfast, with breakfast in bed. And they were saying, you know, it sounds luxurious to eat breakfast in bed, but in reality, it's kind of the pitch. You can't really move around. You're eating at a bad angle. You're probably spilling on yourself. If you want to, to get syrup, you can't really get up to add it. So I want to get your take on breakfast in bed. Not a fan. No, I'm with you. I mean, it, it sounds so romantic, but I hate it. it. You're right. I hate laying back and eat. you can't eat. You're spilling stuff all over you, like coffees. And then and then you got to get the coffee temperature right, and then it's too cool by the time it gets up there. There's orange juice flying everywhere. You're right. If you need extra syrup or ketchup or salt or whatever, uh, my wife's not a big fan of it. And, you know, to me, I'm not a big fan of it either. I think the trays, like I think people are missing those trays. I think that's the problem. Like in the old days, uh, you know, I think they had those special trays you sit on your lap, which would make it easier. I don't have anything like that. I don't even know where you find those anymore because without that, to me, you're right. It's it's completely useless, and it's just more of a headache than anything. Yeah, and even if you have a tray, and we have one at home, when you're doing, like, Eggs Benedict, there's no way to eat Eggs Benedict in bed. No, <laughs> no. You know, that's a good point. That's a good point, Randy, because that's my wife's 
favorite food, and that's what we're actually making. Uh, we make the homemade hollandaise sauce. Bobby Flay has a terrific recipe on the Food Network. I've, I've used it. Uh, it's, it's, it's incredible with some cayenne pepper, and, and my wife loves it. And you're right. It's just it's so messy, and you know what I mean? The thing about Eggs Benedict, the hardest part of Eggs Benedict is getting the egg right. It sure is. Everyone's yeah. got a different opinion on it, right? <laughs> I mean, what, what do you guys like? Do you like it more kind of hard-boiled or a little softer, a little bit of running? You know, it's just everyone's different. Yeah, and I, I would go – actually, my entire family goes with the more hard-boiled style. I got gotcha. you. I got gotcha. you. My wife likes it a little runnier. You know, and if you mess up that egg, oh, boy. Oh, yeah, no doubt. Joey V, it's great to hear your voice. Stay safe. Have a great Mother's Day weekend. We always uh, like hearing from you, and we appreciate the compliments, and we'll talk to you next week. It sounds good. It's been a pleasure being on the Smallman Character Show, and I can't wait for next week. <laughs> Thanks, brother. That's a great Joey V with us on 101 ESPN, where the fight is coming your way, and we have a returning fighter. Now, here's the rules to the fight. If you win three in a row against me, you get into the 4 o'clock, well, it was the 4 o'clock Fight <laughs> Hall of Fame. Now it's just the Fight Hall of Fame. And basically what you get is bragging rights. There's no T-shirt. There's no rec- We don't recognize you anywhere. <laughs> right. But you, you do get to tell people I'm in the Fight Hall of Fame. I mean, that should be good enough, right? I think so. I hope so. It's something you can throw in your bio. You know, a lot of people say, you know, father, architect, whatever. I would just say, yeah. I beat Randy three times in a row in the fight. And sign your autograph, yep. HOF. HOF. The fight is next on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Character and Smallman podcast on 101 ESPN. Welcome back to Character and Smallman here on 101 ESPN. It's time for the fight. And before we bring in our returning fighter today, let's talk to Freeze Pops. Freeze Pops, what are we fighting for today? So since we have a returning winner, today's prize will be eligible for our listeners to win via our online stream at 101ESPN.com. It's a gift card to Randy Carricker's local restaurant pick of the week, Bandana's Barbecue. Bandana's Barbecue is offering online ordering and open every day from 11 a.m. to 8 p.m. for catering, curbside pickup, delivery from DoorDash, and offering a special family-style feasts menu. And I got to tell you, the spicy barbecue sauce from Bandana's, that's my go-to. So, Bandana's Barbecue. Sounds delicious. Well, let's welcome in David, our returning fighter. David got all four right yesterday. So did Randy, but he advances to come back again and challenge his crown to continue to sit on the throne. David, how are you feeling today? I'm feeling good. How about you? I'm feeling good for you. I think that you're going to take, I'm, you know, I'm viewing these questions here and I think you have a great chance of defending your title. So are you ready to go? Oh, yeah, I'm ready. All right, awesome. Question number one. Stan Musial is the St. Louis Cardinals all-time hits leader with 3,630, who is second all-time for hits by a Cardinal. Is it Albert Pujols, Lou Brock, or Kurt Flood? Uh, Kurt Flood. Question number two. What year did Mizzou begin play in the SEC? Was it 2014, 2010, or 2012? I believe it was 2012. Question number three, David. Tiger Woods was famously in the hunt for the 2018 PGA Championship at Bell Reeve, but who actually ended up winning that tournament? Was it Jordan Spieth, Brooks Kepka, or Justin Johnson? Uh, can you repeat the answers again? Sure. Was it Jordan Spieth, Brooks Kepka, or Dustin Johnson? I want to say Jordan Spieth. Question number four. Long before Super Bowl winning head coach Andy Reid was coaching at the NFL level, he was on the coaching staff at Mizzou. 
What position group did Andy Reid coach at Mizzou? Was it quarterbacks, offensive linemen, or tight ends? I think it was tight end. All right, let's bring in Randy. He is in the hallway, kind of hanging out. David, how did you feel about your performance? How are you feeling before you know the answers? Uh, not too great, as Mom would say. <laughs> not too confident? Is there one question in particular that you don't feel super great about? Uh, the Tiger Woods one. All right, Randy is here, so I don't want to reveal the question. Randy, oh. hello. Say hello to David, your challenger again. David, welcome back. Thanks for being with us. Thanks for listening and playing. David there? David, you still there? Thanks for having me. Oh, yeah, oh there he, he is. is. Good. All right, good. Good. Question number one, Randy. Stan Musial is the St. Louis Cardinals all-time hits leader with 3,630. Yes. Who's second all-time for hits by a Cardinal? Lou Brock. Question number two, Randy. What year did Mizzou begin play in the SEC? 2000, let's see. They were in the uh, 13 or 14. I think it was 2012 was their first year in the SEC. Randy, Tiger Woods was famous was famously, if I could read, let's start that over. Tiger Woods was famously in the hunt for the 2018 PGA Championship here in St. Louis at Belle Reve, but who actually ended up winning that tournament? Brooksy Kepka. And Randy, last one. Long mm-hmm. before Super Bowl winning head coach Andy Reid was coaching at the NFL level, he was on the coaching staff at Mizzou. What position group did Andy Reid coach at Mizzou? Here's a fun fact for you. <laughs> After Andy Reid left Mizzou and went to the Packers and then obviously became coach of the Eagles, and before he came back to Kansas City, he never got rid of his place at the Ozarks. He always maintained his home at the Lake of the Ozarks. He was the offensive line coach at Mizzou before he went to Green Bay. We've got a winner. Sorry, David. Megamind prevails. Clean sweep. He beat you 4-1. to one. And before Freeze Pops even finished... And asking the final question, Randy was smiling. He knew he knew that he would know whatever question was proposed to him. But to run through the answer, Stan Musial, all-time hits leader for the Cardinals. Second on that list, Lou Brock. Mizzou began playing the SEC in 2012. The 2018 PGA Championship at Belle Reve, the winner of that tournament was Brooks Kepka, And Andy Reid was the offensive line coach at Mizzou. David, thank you very much. We All appreciate right. it. And, Thanks for having me. Yep, try again sometime. And uh, we have the fight every morning at 8.30 here on Carriker and Smallman. I would have to put that PGA Championship, in terms of events that I have attended, mm-hmm. it's top six or seven all time for me. And you've been to a lot of out-of-town events. But, man, that was just awesome. I had never – I had been to the Waste Management Open in Phoenix, mm-hmm. which was a, a great environment. N- Obviously, having the St. Louis connection, I was I would have some sort of an endearing emotional effect to whatever happened at Belle Reve. But to see the crowd and the energy of the crowd and to have Tiger Woods have his sort of re-emergence there that weekend, it was just a perfect storm of everything. It certainly is on, I don't know if it's on my Mount Rushmore, but it's definitely top 10. Yeah, I, can't, I, I have trouble putting it in my top five, but it's right there on the edge. It's like the... Uh, the Joe Lenardi first event out of, <laughs> of it's on the bubble. Five. It's on the bubble. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Hey, Hubbard Radio's deserving delivery saying thank you to those helping care for our community continues. Today's very deserving delivery is going to the great folks working at St. Elizabeth's Hospital. Their awesome staff will be enjoying 100 meals today delivered by 
1818 Chop House. Yum. Those meals are courtesy of Hubbard St. Louis and our good friends at Victory Men's Health. Thank you, Victory Men's Health. And our continued gratitude to all those great folks working in our medical community on the front lines from our station and the entire Hubbard St. Louis radio family. Shout out to Fallon, Illinois. St. Elizabeth, yeah. That's right. And Chop House, very delicious. 1818 Chop House is delicious. Very good. We have a lot more coming your way here on Carriker and Smallman. Later on, we're going to hear from our friend Dan Schulman of ESPN. And I, I wonder if he'll have a take on that whole Kansas situation because he does, in addition to a great job with baseball, he does a lot of college basketball. And so we'll get a chance to hear from him. And Michelle, I noted that uh, you wanted to get some mic drops for the top of the hour at 9 o'clock. We'd like to hear from people with mic drops and with their uh, their text to the Air Comfort Service text line. When we were talking to Joey Vitale last segment, he was recounting that moment, watching Pat Maroon score what he says is probably the greatest goal in goals in Blues history. And that Game 7 double overtime game versus the Stars on the way to the Blues winning a Stanley Cup, their first Stanley Cup. And he was talking about how what a special moment that was for St. Louis. And in the break, Randy and I were talking and I said, I wonder if as a sports city, St. Louis has peaked as far as magical moments. And hear me out. Think about Game 6, 2011. Not only was it the hometown kid that was down to his last strike twice and hit the walk-off for the Cardinals to win it, it was a St. Louis guy in the booth saying, we'll see you tomorrow night, and Joe Buck honoring his father, the voice and legend of St. Louis for so long, at Bush Stadium, and the Cardinals go on to win an improbable World Series. Then you have the 2019 St. Louis Blues. You have the St. Louis and Pat Maroon scoring that goal on another St. Louis and you have a St. Louis and Joey Vitale in the booth. Two, because Curbs too. Oh my gosh, of course, and Curbs. I was just thinking of Joey because we talked to two St. Louisans mm-hmm. in the booth and Curbs, of course, on the way to the Blues winning their first Stanley Cup in franchise history. And those are our two teams. Those are the two teams we really love and care about. I wonder if we're ever going to feel... And talk about an improbable run. The Blues were in last place mm-hmm. at one point last season. They fired their coach. I just wonder if, as far as magical moments go and as far as improbability goes, if St. Louis has peaked, if we'll ever feel or see anything like those two games. That's at 9 o'clock. Will it get any better for us? Coming up, though, it's kind of a little would-you-rather, which we did. I, th- I think they still do it in the fast lane. But if you had to pick one team to return from the pandemic. You only get one this season, the Cardinals or the Blues. You only get one, Cardinals or Blues. Who are you taking and why? Leave us a mic drop with the 101 ESPN app, the Rhino Shield mic drop, or send us a text message on the Air Comfort Service text line 65780. Would you rather Cardinals or Blues next on 101 ESPN? We're right back to the Character and Smallman podcast on 101 ESPN. All right, we want to hear from you. You get one back this season. The Cardinals haven't started. The Blues are playing. And we want to hear from you. Mic drop from the Rhino Shield mic drop with the 101 ESPN app. And you can download that app for nothing. It doesn't cost anything to download the app to your phone. And you can use the mic drop feature. Or if you so desire, you can send us a text on the Air Comfort Service text line 65780. Do you have an answer for this or are you going to give it later? I'll give it right now if you want. Fire away. About which team I would pick to return if I could only choose one, mm-hmm. the Cardinals or the Blues. Mm-hmm. I don't even think it's that difficult of a question, and I'm picking our St. Louis Blues. Love the Cardinals. Very intrigued by this team. You're coming off an end, you know, a national championship run, right? Right? <laughs> Excuse me. You're you're coming off a great playoff run with the Cardinals. You have a great manager in place, and Mike Schilt. You have a lot of positivity heading into this season. 
But I have waited for this St. Louis Blues team my entire life. Mm-hmm. A team that not only is a champion, but that can come out, you know that night in, night out, they can beat any team that is facing them on the ice. They have the mental toughness and the mental capacity to go out there and put a situation like this aside and thrive. And I thought that they had an unbelievable chance to repeat even before all of this happened, which is an incredibly difficult thing to do. An incredibly difficult thing to do to repeat in sports, period, let alone in the NHL as a Stanley Cup champion. And I think our Blues had just as good of a chance as any team, and I need them to get on the ice, and I need to see if they can do it. Certainly professionally, we'd like the Blues because we're the home of the Blues. But, Michelle, I am going guaranteed quantity over quality. There's a chance that if the Blues come back, we might only get them for five, six, seven games. And I know if I get the Cardinals back, Major League Baseball is going to play half a season at least. They're at least going to play 81 games. So I'm going to take that guaranteed quantity over what could be a great Blues run, but might only wind up being six or seven games. So I'm, I'm just going with a guaranteed season. That's all I'm doing. Because I want, I want material. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, 100 games versus potentially 120. I get your rationale there, Randy. But to me, it's quality over quantity. Yeah, that's cool. With the Cardinals, those first few weeks might be a little rough. Yes, it's it's live baseball, which I would relish relish in and appreciate. But, I mean, when when I look at this Blues team and every obstacle that had been thrown their way this year, they had an answer for. You bring in a guy like Marco Scandella and he falls into the the fold with the guys like nothing has happened. He doesn't miss a beat. They're thriving on all cylinders. Vladimir Tarasenko has that had this much more time to get healthy and return and they they're have such great chemistry, and they're so good. And I just really, really hope that we have an, the end to the NHL season so we can see the Blues and see them hopefully hoist another cup. Would you rather Cardinals or Blues? Ken with a mic drop. Good morning. My name is Ken. I think this is a no-brainer. The Cardinals have won quite a few World Series, and the Blues have only won one Stanley Cup. So I would absolutely, positively, adamantly have to go with the St. Louis Blues repeating as Stanley Cup champions. Thank you. All right, Ken, thank you very much. We appreciate that mic drop with the Rhino Shield mic drop feature on the 101 ESPN app from the 309. Cardinals, Redbirds, Birds, Birds on the Bad. Cardinals, 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 Cardinals. (laughs) So there's somebody who's adamant about bringing the Cardinals back. Let's get a mic drop from Brett. If I had to pick a team to come back, I think it would be the Battlehawks. Unpopular opinion, probably. But Mm. I think the Battlehawks proved that football can be successful in St. Louis. And with all the litigation going on between the NFL and St. Louis, I think it would just only help St. Louis's case. And the Blues and Cardinals, they're going to be fine when they can return. But I miss the XFL. All right, this is a would you rather. Michelle misses the Battlehawks, too, because she had the, the two-game stint as their sideline person, which was great. You were fantastic. Thank you. Uh, memorable. <laughs> I hope so. <laughs> you know, there's a lot of difficult things that we have lost during this pandemic, memories that we were going to build that mm-hmm. we can never get back. I hadn't been so surprised or so invested in something so quickly than I was with the Battlehawks. The way that team came into this city 
and we fell in love with one another and it was growing and building something important and special and unique and more importantly, uniquely ours. I think the best thing the Battlehawks did was prior to all of this kicking off, Kurt Hunsecker and the Battlehawks squad the front office and everybody involved in the organization, they had over 200 meetings with fans before this even mm-hmm. started. And they sat down with them and said, hey, what do you want out of a professional football experience in St. Louis? Because we understand that you're jaded and that you've been heartbroken and that the previous tenants of this building didn't care about you and what you wanted. And we want to be different. And I think St. Louis resonated with that so much. Sure, there were some people out there that wanted to show up just to flip the bird to the NFL and Mm -hmm. say, this is a great football town. But I think so many people said, okay, you're going to invest in us. We're going to pour back into you as well. And I had that March 21st date, that Saturday game versus LA circled on my calendar for months. And I can't tell you how much I was looking forward to that and what a special and defining moment that that would have been for St. Louis football fans. I mean, they had sold, I believe, 38,000 plus tickets and probably would have hit over 40 before kick. It's obviously a national television audience and it would have been a major storyline. Yeah. And then the hated Vipers were going to come to town, too. That's right. So yeah, there was a lot that we missed out on. A couple more uh, texts and mic drops, and we invite your mic drops with the 101 ESPN app. Blues without hesitation from the 618. That's uh, who you'd rather have back. Here's one from the 314. I'd rather have the Blues back because baseball is boring. Wow. So you, That's a, a pretty strong take to have, especially right now when there's no sports. Mm-hmm. I was watching the Ocho not that long ago and yeah. super invested in the Ocho. I, if you think baseball is boring, you must not miss, miss sports that much because right now I would take literally anything. Yeah, I think so. I'm with you, except for maybe UFC, right? Yeah, that, well, yeah. <laughs> From the 314, I'd rather, <laughs> rather have the cards. I wouldn't mind hearing the Blues being referred to as the reigning Stanley Cup champions for another year. Hashtag LGB and Tarasenko. And Tarasenko. But wouldn't you rather have them be the reigning Stanley Cup champions after they've earned Having a second won, cup? Yeah. yeah. Two-time defending Stanley Cup champs? Sounds so much better. You know, Randy, as we're talking about this, I'm thinking about the parade and how grateful I am that the Blues won last year and we were able to have that parade. Because if they win this year, obviously we're not going, going to be able to celebrate the way that we needed to or wanted to. And the fact that St. Louis got that moment together, it was you talk about Mount Rushmore moments. Mm-hmm. You and I covering that Blues parade is definitely on the Mount Rushmore of great things that I've done in my career. That was fantastic. They aired last night the two YouTube specials that the Blues put together, uh, the first 24 and then the March Down Market. And if you can watch them on YouTube. They showed them on Channel 5. And, man, it was just epic the way. First of all, great production by uh, Blue Note Productions. But that parade was epic. It was unbelievable. It was everything we had dreamed of and then more. Yeah, it, was it was an absolutely perfect day. It was a flawless day. The way that the city embraced the team and the team embraced them back. But it, it wasn't unexpected. You know, it was like the Blues knew the entire time mm-hmm. this was going on, what this meant to the city and what this meant to Blues fans. And you would, we would talk to them in the locker room after these wins and they would say the fans and the crowd played such a factor in this game tonight and we're feeding off their energy. We know what this means to them. It was such a beautiful mutual relationship. And that was one of the cool things about after they won the cup in the dressing room, Jordan Bennington says, St. Louis is going to be going crazy. <laughs> yeah. It was pretty cool. Uh, a couple of more texts from the 618. I would rather have the Blues back because I believe, like Michelle, they have a very good chance to repeat. They are really good. And 
I, I really looked at the Blues and Boston as prohibitive favorites to come out of their respective conferences. I think it was going to be a rematch mm-hmm. of last year's Stanley Cup, and I think Marchand was going to cry again. Yeah, that's a guarantee, right? Yeah. And uh, one more for you. It's got to be baseball for me. Summer in St. Louis without Cardinals baseball is just messed up and a sickening thing. That's from the 314. <laughs> Ooh, yeah. I can't even imagine that. You're outside grilling up some pork steaks and you can't throw in the Cardinals game? Yeah, that would be tough, wouldn't it? Just think of Memorial Day. And we, we, are, we are going to go through Memorial Day without Cardinal baseball. Wow. It's just going to be weird. Opening day, opening day, what would have been opening day. Mm-hmm was super rough, I think, for a lot of people here because that's, you know, such a rite of passage for our calendar here in St. Louis. It's a day that everybody comes together, everybody waits for, and it it means so much to the city for so many reasons. But I, I think especially with everything that was going on and kind of the early stages of this pandemic, we could have really used that hope. And, you know, I sat at home and, and watched the live stream of Game 6, which provided a little bit of comfort. But to not have an opening day like that in St. Louis was yeah. really rough. That's Michelle. I'm Randy, and it's Carriker and Smallman on 101 ESPN. Coming up, was last decade as good as it gets with the heroics and the calls of St. Louisans for championships? We want to hear from you. That's coming your way next with our Today's Big Thing on 101 ESPN. That was the Character and Smallman podcast on 101 ESPN.